Hello and welcome to the Gig Guide to Life podcast for a very special episode, a bonus episode with me, Will Stevenson, and my creative partner, my producer in my band, and uh, long-term best bud, Robin Parker. Now, I know Robin really well, but I didn't know a lot of the answers to his questions on this, and I found it a really, really insightful and interesting chat. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I hope you enjoy what you hear, Uh, I hope you get a chance to go and listen check out our music on streaming uh we're under bodies uk b-o-d-i-e-s u-k uh and our new album a cold and lonely country is out today on spotify and apple music depending on when you're hearing this it should be out today um obviously if you're listening to it in the future it's definitely out so please go and give it a stream we're really really proud of what what we've put together here um so yeah for now chill out sit back and uh have a listen to me and robin parker in this very special bonus episode of gig guide to life bye hello and welcome back to the gig guide to life podcast with me will stevenson this week i am joined for a bonus special episode by my good friend creative collaborator hits fm producer and all-round nice guy robin parker how are hello, you Hello, thank you for having me i'm good man how are you yeah i'm all right man i'm doing good so for those that don't know myself and robin are in a hip-hop duo buddies and we're just about slash just have released our proper first mixtape um yeah just about like just have, we don't really know <laughs> depends when this comes out but yeah we're just gonna upload it, it and see what happens <laughs> it's in the process of it um but yeah how are you feeling man how are you doing you okay yeah good um i'm excited to just get this out you know it's been like two years in the making of just... yeah far too long well i mean we've had like a lot of life stuff getting in the way between like starting <laughs> and finishing it and a lot of i think the main thing is just having that time to you know build up and improve skills that we've yeah. been developing for well that's time. that's why i say it's the first thing proper because we like you yeah. say we have released we released something else but this is a big step up in all in all formats i think so it's 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 nice i'm excited to to put it out and it's interesting um i was going back and listening to some of the songs that we did last year actually yeah that will never see the light of day yeah no, are... once once we've uh, deleted them they're gone forever <laughs> yeah exactly and um well, no, the, the the thing that we nearly put out last year, like in 2019, the the, mm. the stuff that we were recording then. And it's interesting to sort of listen to that and think there's an alternative timeline where we like completed that and put that out. And and uh, it's an interesting in-between sort of variant of where we've ended up now and mm. what, we, what we've come from on, on the project before. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of this new thing. So Me thank too. you for helping, you know, and, and being part of it. It's It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, same to you, you know. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is because we've been to a lot of music together, a yeah. lot, lot of live music, um, and we've, we've got obviously a, a, a record to promote, so I thought it'd be interesting to um, speak about some of your earliest live music memories for a start. Like I say, obviously, you, you make beats, you, you work in the radio, music is obviously super important to you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So where... Did you grow like? Did you grow up in a musical household? Is there is there always been music sort of? Yeah, semi. Well, my um. So my mom is. She plays the saxophone. She plays the piano. She plays a little bit of guitar, but never like full on. Like she always had. That was just a hobby of hers. It was always. Yeah. She had a full time job on the side of it, um, but we always had a piano in my house, uh, and my mom bought me a guitar when I was a kid, 
and encouraged me to take lessons. I think I was quite lazy when I was um when I was first doing it. I remember I did guitar lessons. I must have done guitar lessons for about six years, seven years or something. But I quit because at the time I was a fifteen-year-old who was heavily going through puberty, and all I really wanted to do was <laughs> play video games. Uh, and this was ruining my Saturday mornings by making me get up at nine. <laughs> Far too Which early, is a, obviously. It's a very, that's a very teenager thing to say, considering now I get up like naturally at half seven every morning or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah but yeah, back yeah, then, yeah. that was that was a real sticking point. You know, I had to stop. <laughs> I had yeah, to stop. I had AM, more Jesus. video games to play. <laughs> so what what music was that your parents were into? Was it like uh, 60s stuff or rock and roll? or? Um, I know my mom was big into 60s and 70s music. Yeah. Uh, like she had well I've since kind of claimed her vinyl collection that she doesn't really want anymore and there's a lot of Led Zeppelin in there there's a couple of Beatles records and then my dad's again like my parents were never like they were never massively into music it was more of just a hobby they'd have a few CDs a few vinyls here and there I know my dad was into like he had a lot of like 90s sort of um, rock bands and pop music in there like Robbie Williams CDs I remember I had a few of those that I had sort of I say inherited but just stolen <laughs> from him inherited implies he's dead he's not he's still alive <laughs> you know but I've just, I've I, passed, just, I bequeath to you my Robbie Williams CD yeah collection. yeah and then I had like I think they noticed that I liked a lot of music and they brought me a lot of sort of older CDs yeah I think I had a lot of like prog music uh, like he I have a couple of yes CDs because I always really liked that when I was a kid stuff like that you know that's my kind of music so when base, I guess where did what was your first like this is my my music you know your first step into something that your parents like didn't like and you you were trying to claim it as your own um <laughs> um i i don't know if you've ever used the website groove shark yeah is, groove shark okay yeah like back. the thing is the only reason i knew about groove shark was because um in it lessons if you wanted to not do work one of the only places that you could listen to music wasn't blocked like youtube and stuff yeah, blocked on, like, yeah, yeah, computers. Yeah, yeah. groove shark wasn't and for whatever reason, you didn't need to make an account or anything, or maybe you did. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but you could just listen to whatever tunes it's you wanted. It's free, to. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I remember going through that, and it would just slowly sort of shift me onto like a lot of '90s, like golden era East Coast West Coast hip hop, like a lot of Tupac and Dr. Dre, and all this stuff. Like that was yeah. my first kind of foray into anything outside of the stuff that was already in my parents' like CD shelf or whatever. That's beautiful. Know? So was it your parents that took you to your first gig? What what was your first gig? I think it was. I want to... There's a couple of possibilities of what it could be. There was this um, local band uh, that was... Ba it was a functions band, effectively. But it was called the, Do the Dr. Teeth Big Band. And it was this big jazz, like, ensemble kind of thing that played, like, sort of 50s and 60s standards and, like, really well-known, like, pop songs from back then. Yeah, yeah, that were like all the you know the sing-alongable tunes. Um, that was we saw them a couple of times because I think they were at they were playing at some dinner or something that we would just happen to be at, and me and my siblings clearly liked them so much that we sought them out and went to see them again. <laughs> but that was like I really I just really enjoyed it, just the atmosphere and the vibe, yeah. and like seeing the performers really go for it like had a big influence on me. Nice, really like I love it. that. Yeah. That's that's a really interesting story. It was yeah. a big, big jazz band. Many like loads. Yeah, like I would have said, fifteen, sixteen people, I think, because they had like a whole horn section yeah. going on. Um, it was either that, or I have some vague memory of like this weird percussive experimental 
musical performance thing going on that happened at a local theatre uh, when I must have been about 10. My grandma took me there because I think she clocked on quite early. <laughs> my my, my grandma had been like, Yeah. <laughs> my my grandma. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even that. Like, it, it was um, probably more it's sort of influenced again by sort of like jazz music and a bit sort yeah. of not hard music. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Um, like the have you listened to um, the Max Roach record, Drums Unlimited? No. That's what it sounds that? like it's a similar thing to that. It's, it's this guy, he's he, he's a percussion uh, player and the entire the concept of the record is the whole thing is just percussion. So it's all sorts of different, like everything from um, like a standard drum kit to like African, um, is it called Timpala? You know, like and all sorts mm. of different means of percussion. And it's that just that experience reminds me of that. It's one of those things that I'd, I've obviously never seen live, but I'd love to see a live performance of that record because it would just be so... Yeah, I can imagine it being really overwhelming and quite intense. What's it called? Max Roach. I'm writing it down now. <laughs> uh, Drums Unlimited. Thank you very much. That's going to be my listening <laughs> on the way to work. Yeah, it's just really one of those things that you can just chuck on and and, and groove to because it it works as both ambient stuff in the background, but also the the way he draws out melody from literally just percussion instruments is really really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that kind of stuff, you know. So moving on um, from one end of the spectrum to the latest, what is what's the last thing that you that you remember going to see? And again, this question gets more and more obscure each time because we spent what is it five months, six? But I've, I've lost yeah, track well, of time. we've been in we've been in quarantine for about <laughs> for, uh, since March, so everyone June, July. nearly five months now. Nearly, nearly six five months. months. Like that. Yeah. So and then people and then before then like. There hadn't been. There hadn't really been any particularly big tours in England. No, this is the problem. I all the gigs I was going to, I'd bought tickets from last year. They were all going to be in sort of May, April, May, June time. I had about three or four lined up, like the streets, Caribou, and there's one other that slipped in my mind. Yeah, but all of that was lined up, and now it's all gone, (laughs) and it's all been cancelled or scheduled for next year. Do you do you think next year's hopeful at the minute? There's a there's a do you know what? There's a Black Josh gig at Yes that's like at the end of this month and it still hasn't been cancelled yet. Fucking hell, really? Which yeah, I, I know. So it's like, are we just going to social distance? Because like I was thinking about going to it just to see what happens if it's if it isn't cancelled. Yeah, I like Black Josh, but it'd just be an interesting experience. But yeah, do you expect stuff to be back next year? Um, only if there's a vaccine. If I'm being honest, like yeah. you know, it's it's too like. In a closed space like that, you know, everyone's like coughing and breathing and all that. Yeah, no yeah I think gonna... people are being super optimistic with some of the reschedulings. Like, there was a Biffy Claro tour, which I quite, uh, I like the name of it. It's called Fingers Crossed Tour. <laughs> but even then, that's scheduled for like early next year, I think. And I th- yeah, well, yeah, the Caribou gig I was meant to go to is rescheduled for like May 2021. It's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's just, it's not. I'm, very, I'm a realist, you know, just. <laughs> are, you, are you buying tickets or like anything for stuff in the future? Um, no, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait yeah. and see because to be honest, I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, <laughs> I want, I want to, you know, I want to feel good. I want to, and when that comes, it's going to be amazing, but I know it's not going to be straight away. Yeah. Well, this is it. I've, I've had this conversation with a few people saying it's kind of a shame that there isn't one day going to be a day that we, like I say with this Black Josh gig, there's going to be stuff coming on that people might not be 100% with. There was those gigs, like the uh, the outdoors ones that happened recently in Newcastle, the trials. So there's not one big moment. I liken it to like, you know, when you finish like uni or high school and there's Mm. a big celebration, everyone's on the same page. That's not necessarily going to happen because it's a slow reintroduction. 
And I was quite hoping at the beginning of this that we'd have like one big moment where everyone was at this gig and it'd be this amazing, but it's not going to happen, is it? Because it's going to be <laughs> filtered like through various different things and people will feel safe at different times. Yeah. And you lose that moment of, yes, we're back. Sort of yeah, thing. I but agree. I don't know. It could go either way. But yeah, we've got well sidetracked there. What What was <laughs> the most recent thing you remember before lockdown? Uh, yeah, so this is the, right, the most recent thing because uh, I spent a lot of last year I had a lot of work on, so I didn't really have many mm. chances. The last thing I went to was Park Life. So Heaton yes. Park, Manchester every year. Uh, the big sort of indie and alternative festival that goes on. That's yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> what, uh, I was obviously with you there. It was good. It was a lovely, lovely couple of days. What? Um, who, who stood out to you? Um, who stood out to me? Slow tie. Yeah. It's got insane energy just all over the place. Yeah, brilliant performer. Like. Um, amazing performer. Um, I remember Earl was really good, although, I mean, that it's getting to the point where we've already had a lot of drinks. There's so much going on. Yeah. But, I don't remember a whole well, lot, the, that's the but thing. I remember enjoying and it. And it's not really <laughs> the right environment for an Earl Sweatshirt gig either. Like, it was really good, and he, like, he no, managed to capture yeah, the crowd because obviously it was in the tent as well, which was useful. But, like, he did some rap songs in full, and... Like that, brilliant, like brilliant record, but doesn't necessarily translate live perfectly all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, you won that. You won that in like a small, yeah, kind of crowded room, not a massive open tent. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Where there's like sound bleeding in from all the other stages going on, <laughs> on that. It's all a bit too open. You, know, you want to kind of, but yeah, well, yeah, you want it to kind of be smaller. He's definitely on my list to, um, to come and see again. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The other ones that really stood out for me from Part Life were. I saw Jungle, um, amazing sort of R&B, uh, funk bands. Um, and I didn't see all of it. I had to leave because I remember I had a Saturday night, um, Naz was on. Yeah. And I had to leave so early because I remember I had a 6 a.m. shift on Sunday Oh, morning. mate, I, was gonna, I couldn't remember why. And so I, I had to... I had to I had to leave about 10 minutes oh, in. Jesus Christ. Because I was like, mate, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be dead tomorrow. Yeah, well, that, that Nas set was, was fucking brilliant. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there. You, It was really, The first really 10 minutes were amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> nah, do you know what? Have you, have you heard his new single? No, I've not, no. Yeah, it, do you know what? It's actually really good. It's I've got, I've got sort of my fingers crossed for this thing. Like, I've not listened to Later Day Nas at all, apart from the... Uh, Kanye produced album for a couple of years ago but this thing was really good like I really really enjoyed his new single um, and I feel like maybe he's getting a little bit of fire back and a little bit of passion back because um, yeah. I just think he went a bit stale in the early 2000s with like the more pop stuff so yeah fingers crossed mm. that he's he's back on it back on the game yeah yeah same I'll listen to that listen. yeah it's definitely it's really worth a listen um, yeah so did, were, you, were, you, were you there for the Sunday at all did you come back Oh yeah, I came back for the Sunday. I remember seeing the streets. Oh, were they on Sunday? A bit yeah. of little Sims. Oh yeah, 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 Sims. Sims again, great performer. Not really the right stage mm. for her. Yeah, yeah. You kind of need that to be indoors, especially because like there there will have been about you know a, a couple of thousand people watching yeah. her, but on a stage that big, you need at least ten thousand yeah. people to really make it you know like feel alive. And so it looked if you when we were walking up towards it. It looked a bit dead, even though there were a lot of people. There. Yeah, you know, so it does need that smaller venue. You're right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, Part Life. What What do you think of Part Life as a as a festival overall? 
Like how how long um, into the future do you still see yourself going to it? Were you going to go this year? I, I'd I'd say well, I mean, uh, the next one that's on, I'm probably going to go. Yeah, I reckon I'll be going into sort of my late twenties. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like, festival because as far as like the north goes, they do book the best hip hop acts of any festival. In, yeah, in, almost yeah. as far this, as this England goes, the kind of really. Music we like. It's the best place to go for yeah, it. Yeah, you know? like, and the other option is basically Lovebox or the one in Ireland. Um, mm. But even what's the one in uh, Longitude or Latitude? One of the two. But even that festival is a little bit. I, I don't think it books the legacy acts as much, like like Nas mm. and um, you know, like Push T and and stuff like that. They they more focused on like they get a brilliant lineup of um, trap each year. Like they have like Trippy Red and all these sort of things, but. Mm. There's a for for stuff that books are actually interesting alternative hip hop or 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 um like more classic acts. I do think Part Life is still the best place to go, despite the crowd being a lot of students. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The crowd is. I don't see like past sort of, you know, twenty seven, yeah. twenty eight. I feel like I'll start to really feel the difference a lot more. Like I can kind of blend in at the yeah. moment, you know, but. <laughs> There's going to come a point where all of a sudden I'm starting to get a receding hairline. And <laughs> why am I hanging around all these kids who are doing all this cat and I can't? <laughs> do you find yourself like, do you find yourself out of touch with, because you work in radio, as I said, do you find yourself out of touch with, with, with like pop at all? Or are you still like um, think, feeling finger? Because I'm t- talking about things like, and it's not really what's played on your station, but things like 100 Gex and like um charlie xcx things like that what, what, what's your opinion on the way that's going well i like the way that's going i really like like the 100 gigs album was fucking wild mm. and charlie xx are doing some really interesting stuff i'm really into like rena soyama oscar sheller yeah. who's doing some really interesting production uh he did like the new like some of the new lily allen songs um but well i mean you, you bring up the radio station the radio station i work at plays a lot of like generic pop and a lot of throwback stuff so it's really not the kind of place to be to like keep up on that so that's like that's work i have to do outside of work if you get what i mean yeah you know just to kind of keep up on that but you know i i really like the direction it's going in because it's at least you know that's like that's the cutting edge and it's still fresh it's not you know it doesn't sound like it's out of its depth it sounds like it's firmly within you know it knows what it wants to be with all this PC music style production and stuff. Yeah, I'm really glad PC music seems to be having something of a comeback because there was a couple of years ago when Sophie first sort of like exploded that it felt like mm. the bubble burst a little bit and like after her debut, it was sort of like she's maturing onto a different sound and moving away from the bubblegum pop thing. But it's, yeah, with, with the collabs with, like you say, with Rena and with, with Charlie, it does seem to be coming back into the mainstream, which is which is nice. I can I hope that that is where it goes because I'm a bit bored of the trap pop sound at the minute i think it's got a bit stale yeah that drum pattern has been used you know that fuck that's so overdone now you know and the same the same 808 and the same hi-hats in every pop song you know i am i am excited for it to you know it's starting to move away from that at least on the cutting edge definitely what so maybe in 10 years all the radio songs that we'll be listening to will sound like that and what we'll be listening to is completely different (laughs) you know it's just the way it goes what Robin, is the best gig that you've ever been to? Uh, best gig I've ever been to. Um, I I can't I can't stress how enough just enough how euphoric it was to see. I saw LCD Sound System mm. at Sea in the Park. Uh, I went in 2016. Was this on their um, first comeback? 
this well this was their second so they sort of did their first round of comeback yeah. shows in 2015 and i got to go see them when they did they did a second round um where they started doing well this might have actually been the first time around you know because i think um, I, I think it was because i think it because I, I feel like they did shows in 2015 and then festivals in 16 and then it's 17 this was it I saw them when they did shows they again. Did, they did so they did a single Christmas 2015 and then they started doing early 2016 yeah. and they did a couple of um, small shows and then throughout the year they did a bunch of like festival shows and then took a break for a bit to finish their album, put that out and then started doing like full on yeah. shows. So um, at Sea yeah. in the Park, what was, expl- t- tell me about the circumstances. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've always, I've loved this band for about, uh, I mean, I got onto them just after they'd like properly packed it in, and they'd made a huge deal of it. Like uh, it was a couple of years after their um, big like final show that they did in 20, uh, 2011, uh, where they were like, "This is it. We're yeah. dead. We're done. We're moving on because we're all in our forties, and that's it." And it was like for me, it, like I love the music, and it was quite bittersweet because I would have loved to see them live as I was getting older and getting ready to go to uni, but I couldn't. Yeah because they'd moved on so it was quite bittersweet for me and then to see this um it was just an amazing like uplifting thing because for so many years i'd listened to this music and i could tell how amazing it would be to hear these drums and their incredible guitar tones in a live setting and to finally get that was just incredible um on the day itself i remember because like it was, it was the only reason I went because like Scotland's far away, and I'm not a massive fan of like camping and stuff. So like this was like a fucking big deal for me to get up there and go, uh, as like quite an introverted and like, you know, sort of homebound person, I guess. You know, that was quite that was quite a big thing for me to do. Um, but so I got through the whole weekend, and I got to this, and everyone else I went with, I went for with uh, three or four other people. And they all wanted to go see at the same time Red Hot Chili Peppers, no. which is understandable. Like, right, I mean, huge yeah. band. Like, the, and the thing is, most people who were at the festival were at Red Hot Chili. That Peppers. is such a weird clash. So, That's such a weird because there's there's, oh, there's yeah, a lot of overlap there between fan bases. Like, I can understand someone wanting to go see both of those. Mm. But if you're not maybe like the most deep into music mm. kind of fan. Of the two of them, who are you? Yeah, gonna yeah, see? no, who are of you course, gonna, like, definitely. See and think, oh, I know that song. I know that yeah. song. You know, when you're going and you can kind of get into the groove with LCD sound system, it's a, it's a longer song. Yeah. It's based, you know, the foundation is in like sort of 90s and 2000s dance music, where they started to incorporate guitars and it synthesizes together. You know, it's not the most. It's not completely obtuse, but it's not the most like mainstream thing yeah. compared to, like, especially what, for a team uh, in the park audience like. as well. It's a strange, yeah, strange yeah, exactly. festival, really, yeah. booking for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there must have been, I think, like, there must have been about 50,000, 60,000 people at Team the Park. I say, I would say about 80% of them were at, oh, wow. at Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I'd say maybe the rest of the crowd was divided up. I'd say there was maybe a 1,000 people tops yeah. at LCD Sound System. If you watch the... Someone's posted the gig. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. And... Whoever was like directing the live footage of it, they're never cutting to the crowd. <laughs> and whenever you see, whenever you see Pat the drummer who's on the left hand side, because he's in an awkward place, they frame the shot in a way that you can just see the very edge of the crowd, and it's one or two people deep. Oh God! Wow. And in the in the middle, which was where I was, because it was the only place you could be if you wanted to have a good time, 
like it was you know it was a few rows yeah. deep and it was basically just one small mosh pit in the middle for an hour and 40 minutes yeah. like it was honestly one of the most amazing experiences i've ever had that's beautiful when you're dancing to, to this music that i've listened to like obsessively for a long time yeah. i know like every you know nook and cranny of it i know all the words and I know how to move to the music because I've just had it in my ears for such a long time, you know, and to finally be able to do that amongst a crowd of people was just uplifting. It was amazing. That's a genuinely, genuinely beautiful story. I love that. So did, did all your other mates go to Chili Peppers? You, on your, so yeah. you went on your own? I was just, I was just there on my own. I made a couple of mates who were there who were like, oh, we, yeah, we've like, they kind of had the same thing. Like yeah. we really wanted to see them for ages as well. And so I was chatting to them and I was dancing with them and I was dancing with strangers. It was, yeah. That's beautiful. It was amazing. How do you feel about, um, going to gigs on your own before that and, and after it. Has it changed that at all? Oh, I loved it. I, I think it's a brilliant thing to mm. do. Uh, one of the first major gigs I went to um, was when I, when I first went to uni. Um, uh, I got to see Tame Impala, which is another one of my like early favourite bands, yeah. like one of the first bands I really obsessed over. Um, and I booked the ticket before i'd even gone to uni beautiful like the, the tour tickets were on, available about seven or eight months beforehand which was just before i'd moved into like uni accommodation and that um and yeah I, I went to that on my own and i stood at the side waiting and then when the time came i just you know got got involved and went for it yeah it was like it, that was like the first step of like realizing you know you can go to these things on your own and you can just have a good time because no one I think for you know people, someone like me who, especially growing up, had a lot of anxiety. Um, I'm trying to think. I've lost my train of thought. Hold on, you can cut this out. No, it's all right. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah, for someone with, with anxiety, if you're going to like a crowded place, you kind of think there's going to be a lot of eyes on yeah. you. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. In reality, and doing this kind of made me realise, and it's why I think it's something that everyone should do at least once. Uh, no one's there for you. <laughs> Everyone's bought tickets to see this band so if you're in the middle having an amazing time and you're not with a mate it doesn't fucking matter you know yeah. as long as you're not like pushing people and shoving people out and stuff as long as you're having a good time and the people around you are having a good time it doesn't matter and that was a massive like confidence boost for me as well yeah, yeah completely because like you say it is realizing that and the same thing basically applies to pretty much all walks of life as well all aspects of life very mm. few people care that you're there like not in a demeaning yeah. way or a rude way genuinely everyone is just going about their day like this is the thing most people that most people are thinking about yeah. themselves that's the problem yeah exactly <laughs> you know so that's why everyone thinks everyone else is looking at them because they're all thinking about themselves <laughs> exactly exactly what is to bring the tone down a little bit what's the worst thing that you've ever seen live ah uh, the worst um i mean i've never had a particularly bad gig experience i guess one of the um back in in another lifetime i was quite an indie kid um <laughs> And I've seen I've seen Catfish and the Bottlemen, who are like quite a big indie band, but when you really look into it, they're really generic and really not like they're not the most ex like interesting. You know, they're not going to expand your mind musically. Yeah. They're not very interesting. Yeah, they have three albums in a row that sound exactly the same. Anyway, um, I I mean I had a pretty I guess mediocre experience seeing them once because it was just yeah. like a bunch of sweaty teenagers and I was, I think I was 19 going on 20 at the time. Do you know what? I think that's uh, worse. I think that's worse than having an actively bad time that you can sort of have a laugh about. Yeah, but just being yeah. bored just for two of... hours is just not the one. Yeah. Um, well, this, the, this, the one that kind of pipped it, like pipped that experience to it was I had um, 
uh, I had a I had a date. Uh, when was it? Twenty eighteen. Um, with this girl who was like kind of like we had similar sort of interests, and we were like, oh, we really like this band. Should we go and see them yeah. live? Uh, like not like a band that I love. Who was it? But a band that I'm familiar of, uh, the Orioles. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I, you know, I've, I'll go to any gig, you know? yeah. And it was like, I've, I'm familiar with this band. I know a few of their songs. Do you want to let's go and get some food and go and see this band? And the band were okay, yeah. but what really just took away from the experience was me and this guy had no fucking chemistry. <laughs> but we'd already bought, we'd already bought the tickets to this yeah. gig, so we yeah. had to go <laughs> yeah. through with it. So we're both just stood there with a kind of red stripe, kind of. Not really paying attention to each other, just enjoying the music. And then at the end of it, we were like, right. Bye. And then I never spoke to her again. (laughs) Oh, you literally never spoke to her again, ever. I think we matched on Tinder like once after that. (laughs) Why? Why Why would you think it went so badly? You thought, it might be different this time. (laughs) Well, it wasn't. There was no spark there, you know. That's beautiful. Happens sometimes. Yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, you're right though. You're right. When like mediocre experience, like it's better than an actively bad. Yeah. At least when you're having like, you're at a, you're seeing like a terrible band, at least you can kind of laugh at God. These, this is a shambles. I, I once. When it's just music, that's just like, yeah. Eh, you know. I once went um, to review. Have you ever heard of Escape the Fate? I've heard yeah, the name. They're a I terrible like scene core band and I used to like them when I was a. <laughs> A little emo yeah. kid, and I, the I know, I know. Pre- well press familiar. tickets came up, um, and I thought, go on then, I'll go for free. It'll be fun, you know, nostalgia. And Jesus Christ, it was terrible. Like it was <laughs> absolutely awful. It was in uh, sound control, and the guy was actively lip syncing badly to these songs with the, no. with not particularly well not difficult vocals at all there was no you know there's like it's not like he's hitting some mad mic pattern notes or something like literally just bland singing and he's act like and it's just out of sync like a bad puppet and it just it was dreadful absolutely awful mm-hmm. but it was amusing because Jeez. i thought well i wasted years of my life listening to this band <laughs> Man, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, but it, it was. It was more. It was more fun than going to see a very, very boring, like the Wombats. They were. They, they had a good couple of songs, but I just. I saw them. I saw them live for free yeah. once, and as much of a generic kind of band they are, it was really Do you fun. Think? Like because, well, yeah, they had. They've, they've just got some really like. I like the Joy Division song. pop songs. Yeah. Their yeah yeah their energy in the vocal performances like on the actual record is great. It really comes out on stage, even though it's not the most you know left field yeah, yeah, experimental yeah, yeah. music or whatever. It's not the most interesting in the world. It's just a good time, yeah. you know. That's a that's a hard thing to achieve. It is a hard thing to achieve. You are right there. That's true. I think. Do you know what is? I don't know if I've ever told you this. Miraculously, and you know, I cannot stand the nineteen thirty five. I've seen them three times. I've no mm-hmm. I. They just keep popping up in my life, and I, I can't <laughs> escape them. What do you mean they keep fucking popping I'd up? Like, in, in first year of uni, like, all my house wanted to go, so I was like, all right, fine, I'll go. Because, like you say, why not? And, and they were still quite small at yeah, the time, yeah. so the ticket was only 20 quid or so. And then I've seen them at a festival, and I've seen them, like, supporting someone else as well. So I just yeah. actively ended up seeing them three times, and <laughs> each time I struggle to understand why. <laughs> 
Um, Matt Healy's quite a good-looking guy. He's got a very good singing yeah. voice. Uh, it's pop music, I guess. No, it's not. It's you know? going to change the world. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Fuck off. Um, actually, no, to be fair, they've got a few like genuinely good songs. Love it if we made it. Is, do you know what? Uh, the like, stuff that I do like is the, all the early amazing. stuff, like the chocolate and sex and girls. They're, they're good oh, songs. God, they're no. just fun. Stupid indie songs. No, I like it when they kind of started maybe just going a bit. No, because like... then just listen to Radiohead. <laughs> you can listen to both. <laughs> Robin, what is. You're allowed to. You... It's not one or the what other. What is the weirdest <laughs> thing that you've ever seen at a gig, concert, um, or festival? I mean, the whole of you. We, we've both been two years running um, up until we were meant to go this year. Uh, sounds from the other city. Yeah. Uh, or is it Sounds of the Other No, sounds it's Sounds from, from the Other City. Yeah, yeah. It's Salford Festival, which is just absolutely wild every yes. year. It's always, here's a bunch of weird uh, venues. Here's a bunch of small bands who you've most likely not heard of. Go. Yeah. Here yeah. you go. Yeah, Here you yeah, go. Yeah. Funnel, they'll funnel you into, and I remember the first year we went, um, I don't remember the name of the band. I just remember being in an NHS waiting room. I do remember the name of the band. Uh, watching a folk metal band absolutely destroy it pigeon is like the name of the band pigeon yes. oh my god i'm gonna have to and go do you know what they're actually really was... good as well they're one of the bands that's actually been booked from that festival that sound yeah it's a really interesting festival because they do books like really unknown and they get some amazing promoters because so many like really big bands have now become alumni of that festival like pigeon they're well obviously not really big for the, but for the metal like scene they're they are very good and very well known at what they do and like mm, I, mm. I can't remember off the top of my head but i know the orioles is one um yeah they've played there before imddb and and oh yeah we well we saw yeah. her um that did we we saw her at a different gig but have we seen her at sound i or? have i don't know i think it might have been the year before you came might have been in yeah. in I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure it was when I went on my own, and that was ridiculous. So, do you remember? Did they have when we went the first year the tent stage that's literally just a, a big like gazebo outside? Oh yeah, a tent in the middle of Chapel yeah, yeah, yeah. Street. So she played that. It's literally to just that. literally fifty people or so, and like you say, two years later we saw her at uh, what's the place called that's now been shut down. Sound control. No, we saw it. No, no, I don't. Oh, I don't even fucking remember. The dance place. Some warehouse in Salford. Yeah. Anyway, we saw it there to like um, 2,000 people and it was class. But yeah, no, they've yeah. got a really good eye for booking bands. But as you were saying, yeah, they play really weird venues like Pigeon played in an NHS mm. waiting room. Yeah, I saw the BBC Philharmonic in the church yeah. on Chapel Street as well. Yeah, big up Sounds like, from the Other City. They are the best at what they do and it's i'm really quite gutted to have not been this year because mm. like you say yeah i was so excited it would have been four years running for me and they just yeah just do what they do so well it's my favorite festival experience of the year every single year they mm. just kill it they, they book the bands they but it's more it's more than the bands it's the environment and the vibe and i know that's like a cliche thing to say about a festival but no no 100 that's part of what makes that place like really tick every year all the random, like all the amazing food vendors yep. that they have, all the weird art installations yeah. they do. I remember the first year, me and our mate Emily did some weird painting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The second year, we all got we all got like custom tote bags made. The second year, I did. I ate uh, like, extremely hot hot dog stuff. Yeah. Oh god. 
Isn't that when you did the food, like the eating competition? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and failed oh my God. pretty badly. Oh. oh, I remember <clears throat> watching you do that. It was just oh, beautiful. Yeah, that vegan hot dog still haunts my nightmares. <laughs> it's incredibly hot. Yes. What is... Mm. Wait, what have we done? <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this out. Uh, we've, done, we've done them all. We've done all of them. Brilliant. Cool. I've got a couple more off-the-cuff questions you just got to answer quickly. What is the thing that you were looking forward to the most when you bought the ticket and did it live up to it? Fucking hell. The most... Can you say that again for me? What is the gig <laughs> that you were looking forward to the most when you bought the ticket and did it look up to it? What I was looking forward to the most and did it look up to it? Um... Again, back in my back in my other life as an indie kid, uh, I bought tickets to go and see Japan Droids, which are like a Canadian uh, sort of kind of not not like garagey, um, like garage rock band, but just indie, um, semi electronic duo mm-hmm. uh, who I'd really been into for a long time and had been waiting for the chance to see them. Actually, no, I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> go ahead, yeah, answer. fine. Remember when we went to see that double billing of um, Cloud Nothings in the hotel? Yeah, that was a good double bill. Yeah, that was that, a very good double like, bill. like, because the two of them are two, like, a, again, like, amazing, like, indie rock bands, kind of emo-ish for the hotel yeah. Um And just knowing all the, again, knowing all the songs and having that hype behind you to go and see them. Yeah, that was a brilliant gig. Um, Where was that? Was that? That was in Gorilla. That was in Gorilla, yeah. Which has been saved now, I think. Yeah, thank God. Amazing venue. Um, them and Death Institute have been bought back uh, by someone else, which is brilliant. Yeah. What? Um, it's either that or it's a tie. Oh, right, it's a tie between that. Now that I think about it, and the first time I saw the streets. Beautiful. Which again was another gig I went to on my own uh, because no one else got tickets in the end. And I was just stood there absolutely vibing out to all these amazing yeah. like 2000s garage tunes. Why didn't I go to that? I genuinely think you just forgotten. Yeah, to buy a I think I might have just been too broke like, as well at the time. Uni which is days. surprising, actually. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like we were in uni. Like, no one had yeah. any money. So. God damn, that's depressing. Yeah, yeah. But we went the second we time, which was also just equally amazing. Yeah, that 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 mm. that raises a really interesting question. Um, same as LCD sound system, which is um, sort of about the the relevance of of of, of um, reunions and and where these things should, when you should let them lie and when, when they should be brought back. Because I am really, really grateful that both LCD Sound System and The Streets came back. But LCD Sound System's latest album is markedly better than The Streets' is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like Mike Skinner's has always been clear, though, about his kind of intentions. He... <laughs> what are your intentions As... with no. my band? <laughs> he's a well no this is the thing he's in in a lot of interviews leading up to sort of the past i'd say like what three years he's done of reunions yeah. two yeah, years yeah. he's done he was speaking a lot about you know he's doing this because he wants to fund uh, a film yeah that he's been working on for a long time you know and he was writing like whilst he's doing this tour he's writing the soundtrack to that film and i think this naturally evolved out uh, out of that this project that he's done but with LCD sound system, that was a genuine, like, we're doing this because we want to do yeah, music. Yeah, again. Yeah. It's not just, you know, it's not like a multimedia thing. It's not like the focus isn't divided between different projects, you know. I think they had, you know, 
a lot more attention focusing on this one album as opposed to Mike kind of just doing I'm going to do this mixtape mm. because you know the streets are back <laughs> and we need something to put out yeah yeah it's been two years we should probably mm. put a record out yeah exactly yeah <laughs> what is your favourite venue for live music favourite venue for live music Gorilla is a shout um Albert Hall yeah, I've beautiful. always enjoyed every gig I've been to there um I think that they, I mean just it looks incredible yeah. And the bar stuff have always been really lovely, at least when I've been there. That, all that, uh, and I want one thing I went to, which I don't really count as necessarily a gig. It was more of sort of an event. But I guess this might have actually been the last thing I went to was December. Uh, me and a mate from work went to a warehouse project. Oh, yeah. When it yeah, had yeah, gone yeah. into uh, Mayfield Depot. Yeah. And that place is absolutely brilliant. Like, it's huge. There's so yeah. many random, like, there's a car that's just suspended from the ceiling and it's spinning around. There is a bunch of weird art installations like that, just like dotted around. There's some really nice food vendors and it's huge. Mm. The base is incredible in there as well. Yeah, no, it's good. Do you know what? I don't think I've even been yet. I, I, I don't think I have. I don't think I've been since they swapped over to the new place. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it does sound good by all uh, accounts. And to be honest, it sounds better than the old place because that had all the big beams yeah way. well the old place is like it's this horrible like underground almost yeah. it's kind of like really dingy low ceilings almost uh like warehouse whereas this is huge yeah like you feel like you've got a lot more space and the site is just bigger beautiful as well. so next year when <laughs> warehouse projects back we'll on go. you know we're gonna hit that yeah <laughs> what it, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the sort of live music um section and, and stuff so just um i want to speak about the album again for a few minutes um and talk me through talk me through your creative process for for this record that we've put together my creative process i mean it's a lot of starting and starting yeah. again like i think we went through that a few times in the run up to excuse me i'll do that again i think we went through that a few times uh, like in the run up to uh putting like what we're about to put out putting that out um um my creative process it's weird you know it starts with i'll listen to a lot of music because i'm not the most i guess i'm not the most like generative person i can't just think uh oh i'm gonna do this mm. which i guess is a skill that's gonna come slowly as i start to learn to play instruments more yeah no that's true that's on. definitely very true i, I agree like, yeah because that like no, knowing how to play an instrument is half the battle you know because something i've always struggled with is just well thinking how how is this song gonna sound it is, it is half the battle but it's you can be the most proficient player of guitar or saxophone and not have a creative bone in your body though can't you i suppose so yeah you know i mean i can't speak for so, everyone no no I'm, I'm obviously i'm not speaking for everyone but i mean in terms of like cover bands or, or wedding bands or whatever people could be excellent oh yeah, uh, yeah. playing their instruments really like mm. play you know, whatever standard, like Bon Jovi or whatever, to the standard of the guitarist in said band, mm. but not be able to push and, and formulate that extra step. Hundred mm. percent. Yeah. So, yeah. but for me, I have to, I have to listen to a lot of music yeah. beforehand just to kind of, I guess, psych myself up. And I'm like, like I'm trying to think. Oh, I need to. I want to make a tune that sounds like these, and I'll put a bunch of them in a queue and just listen to them all back to back to back. Uh, and then I've got an idea and then I've kind of got some chords in my head that will sort of start to pop up around what I'm hearing. And then from there, I'll try and obscure it and I'll try and add in different elements that weren't there before um, just to kind of make sure I'm not just ripping off. Yeah. No, see, that's, like, that's really that interesting. That's really to. interesting because I don't think, 
that's ever been the case. I like. I think you have a really unique production style that doesn't sound like anyone except for that one time when you actually wrote "Real Friends" by Kanye. You remember that? Yeah, no, that was early days. <laughs> no, but seriously, since then, in the last in the last two years, like I do genuinely believe that you have a really unique producing sound that does not well, reflect anyone in the, the scene around us or in in the, in the larger scene. Um, and I, well, I mean, I'd like to think it's just because I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> like a yeah. lot of, I've seen now, especially like during lockdown, a lot of music producers, a lot of artists have been yeah. like taken to Twitch and stuff to live stream. Oh, this is how I make music, make music. And you kind of see, oh, like a lot of, like everyone's making music in completely different ways. And every single person I've seen does it in a completely different way to the way I do it. And I'm not saying that makes me 100% unique, but it just kind of made me realize that I've like before now, I've never really gone and sort of sought out tutorials mm. on how to make certain kinds of music. I've just gone, okay, I'm going to try and do this. And then like sort of very, very single-mindedly just gone in and not really sought help from the outside. Yeah. So I think that's kind of informed the way I do things a bit. I'm a very sort of, I will just do something and like over and over again until I get it right as opposed to seeking, seeking out someone to tell me how to do it right in the first place. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You I, know, that, so that's, that's informed the way I produce music. Just being boneheaded. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's changing, though. This is the thing that's changing. That's something I'm kind of developing uh, in myself, is just learning like learning from other people and going, you know, it's okay to yeah. do the same things as these people because that doesn't mean you're going to produce the same results. You're just using the same techniques to get something different. Yeah, definitely. It's something that we want to focus on uh, in, in a more localized fashion as well with collaborations in the future as well. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Definitely, man. So, it's um, is there anything else that you want to sort of get out there about the record and about the project in general? Like, I know obviously we've sort of stopped seeing it as so much of a like producer MC duo thing and more of a band recently, which is an interesting. Um, yeah, which I think is how it should be. Mm. You know, I think it is. You know, it's it's not just the two of us coming together it's its own kind of thing you know it's it is mm. us i guess and we've kind of settled into our mm. groove you know of how we you know send send ideas back and forth to each other and how we communicate yeah well. um which um you know isn't a totally unique way of doing it but it's more unique to us i think know? quarantine's like, really helped with that actually oh yeah 100 percent. in a weird way yeah just having the time to focus on it because there's been no social obligations yeah, yeah, exactly which is, is has definitely helps i think we wouldn't we wouldn't have reached this stage so quickly uh without this you know 100 percent. not saying that i wanted all this to happen <laughs> but... but at least we got a record of it <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah i mean it's just one of those things you know it shapes the way you view the world it shapes the way you create uh and whether or not you wanted it to, wanted it to happen it yeah. happened yeah, yeah, make the most of it. I think that's a that's a beautiful place to end on. Is there anything that you want to plug, shout out, talk about before we wrap up? Listen to our record, <laughs> A Cold and Lonely Country. It is very short uh, and quite wavy, if I do say so. It's very mind. short and quite wavy. <laughs> it won't take up long of your time. It's good. It's, it's good. like Danny DeVito. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is like Danny DeVito. Beautiful. It is Danny DeVito, the record. Well, Robin... Uh, please, please listen to it. We're really happy with Thank that. you for coming to the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. It's been beautiful. Thank you for having me. It's been nice amazing. Nice one, man. Yeah.
There you go. If you managed to get through 47 minutes of us chatting about Robin's live music past experiences, I'm sure you could spare another 23 or so to go and listen to A Cold and Lonely Country out now on streaming services across the world. Um, Yeah, we're really proud of this. Uh, Let us know what you think if you do get a chance to listen to it. Really, really happy to receive any sort of feedback whatsoever. So if you hate it, please tell me because I know you listen to it. Uh, we're going to be releasing more stuff over the, the coming months, um, much more consistently than we have been previously. So yeah, stick around next week, um, be back with another amazing guest, which will wrap up the first series of Gig Guide to Life. I've really enjoyed doing these podcasts and uh, sharing these discussions I've had with some brilliant artists and poets and everything around around the world um, with you. Uh, and we'll be back with series two much sooner than you think. I've already got some got my eye on some amazing guests for that so please subscribe if you haven't tell a friend rate us reviewers leave a review and go and stream bodies a cold and lonely country bye